ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Welcome to the Golf Central Podcast presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim Driver. The driver head was in need of a drastic change in order to provide more performance, so TaylorMade changed the shape altogether with their new Sim Driver, which allowed them to make it fast and forgiving where every golfer needs it in the downswing. The pros love the new shape, but the biggest reason TaylorMade changed the shape was to help make you into a better golfer. Check out TaylorMadeGolf.com for more information on the all-new Sim family. I'm Rex. He's Lab. Apologies straight out of the gates. We're a little late this week. I was traveling on Monday. We had to play 18 holes of bad golf yesterday as an assignment for work. And so, therefore, we're doing on Wednesday. However, I think for the first time in podcast history, there is News Lab. The Masters in Augusta National just announced that there will be no patrons at the Masters in November. Are you surprised by this at all? No, I'm not. I'm not surprised. And this this literally just broke uh, five or ten minutes before uh, we're taping this podcast. And just kind of reading through um, Masters Chairman Fred Ridley's statement real quickly, it it just seems like that was the only option at this point. The, the announcement was made three months before the 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 rescheduled Masters was slated to begin November twelfth uh, through fifteenth. And they've said all along since they first made the announcement in April that they were going to be pushing this thing back until the fall was that the, the the current climate in this country needed to change, that they were going to closely monitor this. And, and they felt that this was the only responsible thing to do. You have to keep in mind 40,000 to 50,000 patrons every single day were roaming the grounds at Augusta National. It is a worldwide sporting event. And at this point, uh, we have not, certainly not bent the curve. We haven't flattened the curve enough to, to even consider uh, bringing that many people uh, to a golf tournament. It's, we've seen it now at the PGA. We've seen it. Uh, the U.S. Open is going to be next month contested without fans. Every single PGA Tour event since they restarted in mid-June is played without fans. I'm not surprising, uh, Rex, but it, but it is certainly disappointing. It is. It is absolutely disappointing. And, and we have some questions I wanted to get to. But the one thing that stood out from the release from me, from Chairman Ridley, was we look forward to the day when we can welcome all of our patrons back, hopefully, in April 2021. Hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully in April yes. 2021. That was a huge sticky point to me. Hopefully. You always words, trip over the, the, the nondescript words, right? You're reading through the sentence and suddenly you're flat on your face because he threw a hopefully at you. In other words, wear a damn mask. That's, <laughs> that is what Fred Ridley is saying. Wear a damn mask. Uh, and, and to that point, PGA Championship last week, everybody wore a damn mask all week long and everything went well. We'll get to that, but we have editors who love quick, fast questions, especially when it comes to the podcast. So let me just throw these at you. And I think we had similar conversations 
when they decided not to play the Ryder Cup this year. But is it better to have the Masters without fans than not to have the Masters at all this year? Oh, I, I think I think last week's PGA Championship proved uh, that it's better to have a major championship than than not. And we can get into your experience there and what it kind of felt like on the grounds. I, it was certainly a little bit eerie. Uh, the fact that there was just a smattering of applause for for the shot like Kyle Morikawa, which will be now etched in major championship lore. I, I do think, Rex, that that the Masters will be most affected by not having patrons on site compared to any of the other four majors that, that you would have contested in a year. The reason I say that is because it's just a different experience. They, they're not as updated and as state-of-the-art as, as some of these other major championships are where you have leaderboards after every single hole and, and players know exactly where they stand. They, they mostly go by the sound, and, and they can tell if, if there's an eagle made on, on 13 or 15. They can tell if someone stuffs a close on 16 or makes an ace. I mean, these are it's, it's the soundtrack to that tournament. And so in the absence of, of having leaderboards on, on every single hole, that's kind of how they're getting their information. So I do think it is going to be affected somewhat. I do think just the energy on the grounds uh, will, will be different. What was your experience last week at the PGA, and, and how do you think that will affect what happens at Augusta National in terms of kind of the energy and the, and the vibe of the, the actual major championship being played? I set the scene in as much just to make my point. So our producer, Ray, is probably not interested in all what we're talking about right now because there is playoff hockey going on right now. And he's a Bruins fan, and I'm sure that he has no idea that we're talking about him. So, And I bring this up only to make the point that being on site at the PGA Championship, being on site for every tour event that I have been out to up until now, it has not been great. It is a flat feeling. There's no buzz to the air. I had a long conversation with Paul Casey about this last week. It just doesn't feel right. There's something, I don't want to say missing, but there's something that it doesn't feel there's like you're at a golf There's certainly game. something missing, yeah. I mean, there's just no, I mean, a, to there's the a, point there's that, a buzz of being a big tournament. To the point that it makes it unnatural, almost. And look, this is completely on property. That being said, Ray is now invested in a midday playoff hockey game. I'm invested in NBA playoffs every night. I'm invested in Major League Baseball games. And I've realized that I'm not bothered that there's no fans there. So it suddenly dawned on me that, I'm sure that people watching at home last week from Harding Park were taken at first that there was no fans on the fairway. But once the action started unfolding, I think the people are fine with it. I think fans watching at home want sports, and I don't think it's impacting the product at all at at home. On property, it's awful. It's terrible. It's not anything that we've come to expect and come to enjoy. But the product that we're putting out at home, I think, is very similar. Yeah, I, I would agree that, look, I was, I was watching at home. You were the only credentialed media member for, for GolfChannel.com that was on site. And, and I thought just as a, as a fan, as someone who was watching the coverage, I, I thought it was still compelling television. Yes, you, you, know, you don't get the accompanying soundtrack of, of roars and applause and oohs and ahs and groans if someone makes a bogey. But, I mean, the action itself is, is exactly the same. You know, I don't, I don't think the product really suffers at all in terms of the, the, the shot making or the quality. There's certainly not going to be an asterisk on what Kyle Morikawa did on Sunday shooting a bogey free 64. I mean, that's just not going to be the case. And, and you have to keep in mind too, Rex, with the television product, it's zoomed in on the player. Like, it's not like you're shooting it from these camera angles where if it's, if it's a drone shot or you're, you know, you're shooting it from the vantage point of the patron. I mean, you're still going to be keyed in on the player when he's in the fairway, on the tee, on the green, as a viewer, it's not all that different. Now, on on site, and you would know this better than I do, it's it's going to be a little bit different. But for the millions who are watching at home, you absolutely want to have the Masters yeah. be played as to not have the Masters at all. 
yeah, again, to quote Paul Casey, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But having now gone through the process and understanding that the TV only product is actually in a weird converse way better than it was with fans, because we heard conversations last week with Tiger Woods that we would have never heard under any other scenario. Tiger Woods trying to explain to Roy McElroy why he would never be a, a Los Angeles Do- or why he is a Los Angeles Dodgers fan versus something else. It, it was fascinating to me that they got to this point and they, they're comfortable enough to have these conversations. Uh, I will say this though, going forward, and about it's almost changed my opinion. We had the same conversation about the Ryder Cup, and it, it and I agree the Masters should be held if the only other option is not holding it without fans. I can almost say now that I wonder if the Ryder Cup shouldn't have been shouldn't have considered the same scenario because I no, think we're getting to a, no, absolutely not. The Ryder Cup is is there built is that on big adrenaline. of a difference in your mind? Yes, absolutely. Oh. The Ryder Cup is built on adrenaline, and you cannot have adrenaline unless there are fans cheering your every move. The Masters is not about adrenaline. The Masters is about controlling your nerves. It's about executing. It's about hitting the most precise shot in on Amen Corner. The Masters when the, is not when about the adrenaline. The Masters is not about I, adrenaline. I know Absolutely a lot of guys not. who have fitted green jackets that would beg to differ with you because it's all about Absolutely. adrenaline. Absolutely. From the first tee to the last putt. It is, oh, it is about wow. controlling your nerves and being the most precise player that week. Controlling that adrenaline, I'll give you that. Now, you're just phrasing it here. You're just flipping it, but it's all about controlling that adrenaline. Those nerves are the same, are one and the same. It's a, no, it is, it is a completely different animal between the back nine at Augusta National and playing a Ryder Cup. It's not even close. I, I, I will go back to Morikawa's driver. Augusta National is all about shot making. I will go back to Morikawa's driver on 16, where it did not matter that there weren't fans there. It was still an unbelievably magical shot. And I think that's what makes events like the Masters, like the Ryder Cup, like the PGA Championship, different than other events. So, yes, it would have the Ryder Cup would certainly have been hurt without fans. But now, in retrospect, watching would have been irreparably damaged. Oh, I don't agree with that. Watching the way people consume the product now, and whether if that's golf or basketball or baseball, whatever the case may be, I think we we put too much in the idea. And again, I am very very clear about this. I hate being there without fans. However, the fans at home are going to consume the product the exact same way that they would have otherwise. So can I can I say this? And so I I did, I was. Can you? I was applauding the move to postpone the Ryder Cup to 2021. However, especially with college football seeming to be on the brink of disaster here, you already have the Big Ten and the Pac-12 saying they're not going to play this fall. I would like to see some kind of exhibition uh, this fall. I don't want to see a Ryder Cup. I don't want to see a President's Cup. But I'd love to see some kind of exhibition that wouldn't necessarily have the same weight as those championships, but it would fill a void that we're clearly going to feel this fall uh, with with sports uh, seeming to seem to go the wrong direction, as long as you, if if you're not going to be in a bubble, what do you well, what do you think about that? I mean, you talk about a void. We have the Masters in November. We have the U.S. Open in September. There is going. What to about October? Uh, and, and to your point about college football, yes, you of all people are going to be hurt much much no, worse I'm than not. I am because you live Georgia, for Saturdays Georgia. in Athens. Athens. Yeah, George George's in the SEC. We're we're, we're going to be forging ahead. Here. <laughs> Forget amateurism. Forget about being paid. We're just going to do this. Uh, I think the NFL is going to swoop in and they're going to own Saturdays. I think that would be the the logic. That could could be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday type deal. Um, Uh, You got me off topic with the uh, questions that I've been contractually obligated to ask. Would you please stay on track? Which hole will patrons be missed the most at the Masters in November? Uh, I'll go with 12. 
I'll go 12. Look, I, I think there, I think there actually is something and, and just to go back to our point about compelling TV, even though it's kind of uh, buzzless on, on site, I think it's still plenty dramatic, even though there is silence. And I think in many ways, having it quiet only kind of heightens the tension. You know, it kind of makes it feel more important. Like every five footer is, is even more do or die than, than usual. Um, and I think that's, that's the case on 12. Certainly. I mean, it's, there's always kind of rumblings and, and murmurs when you get to, to 12 T just kind of like some nervous energy of, Oh, is he, you know, is, is a wind just going to knock the ball down and, and hit it into Ray's Creek or it's going to launch into the back bunker and, you know, have a, have a tough up and down. Um, so I think something will be lost there. Just the, the cheers and the, the saluting of someone hitting it to 15 feet. And then just the existential dread of when someone comes up short and you, and you know, they're about to make a big number. I'm going to go 18 because there's so many iconic moments. Phil making the putt in the crowd. Just going, you know, jumping. Tiger them, last year. Tiger last year. I just think there's something mad to go about the way the chairs get lined up all the way around. No one touches the chairs. They're perfectly placed. I mean, it's it's a, there's a science to this. And it's it's one of the most surreal moments in sports, in my opinion, because you can be standing under the tree, which let's face it, that's where we're normally standing, doing interviews, trying to watch the whatever's happening, transforming in the final. And you know immediately there is no ambiguity. Based on the cheer, it's almost like you know immediately if they made the putt, if they missed the putt, if they're going to a playoff, whatever the case may be. So I, I will miss 18 the most. And along do, those do, same do, lines. Do you want to see cardboard cutouts? Um, no. Do no, you want to see augmented reality? Uh, no, not there. Uh, I think that uh, the U.S. Open could probably do some cool stuff. I mean, I'm just uh, looking at yeah. it from – I mean, yeah. let's face it. There aren't any electronic scoreboards at Augusta National, so I don't imagine they're putting up video screens around the 18th hole anytime soon. However, you can probably do some cool stuff at Wingfoot if, if you're giving enough lead time. And they have – Yeah, and I, I would – look, I would, I, would, I would think Augusta National members and, and maybe their, their immediate families uh, would be allowed on site. So, so there should be some kind of a presence. You're still going to have to have tournament marshals. Um, and, and at that point, when you got the winner walking up 18, you know, it's obviously not going to be a thunderous, a thunderous, uh, roar like we, like we saw last year at Tiger, but I mean, we should, we should at least have some people standing around clapping. What, what'd you have at, what'd you have when Colin was tapping him? hundred people roughly? Yeah. Saluting? Yeah. Mostly volunteers, but yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a handful of media types kind of hanging around. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be, they're going to be walking around. straight to the scoring building or something like that. Yeah, but it's not the same. I mean, I guess where no. it hits the most is going back, you know, when Tiger tees off on Thursday morning and there's absolute silence when he's introduced and then he makes a birdie on the first hole and there's absolute silence. Again, being on property, that throws you. Being at home, you probably don't even notice it on your way to get a cup of coffee. Um, but I say 18 only for this last question was the greatest roar that I've ever heard at the Masters. And it was last year. And I was in, I think you and I have talked about this. I was actually in the men's grill. I was kind of doing my story based on sort of the reaction in the men's grill. That's where all the players and the families hang out afterwards. And uh, it shook the windows when Tiger putted out, wins his Masters, wins the 15th major. I mean, that's that by far is the highlight that I've ever heard. Hmm. I would I would actually go, obviously, same tournament last year, uh, the near hole in one for Tiger on 16. So I was I was caught up on the 15 rope line and they 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 cut it off and so I couldn't get over to the what would what would have been the right side of 15 and so I was kind of jockeying for a position I'm sprinting or I wasn't sprinting excuse me I was uh, briskly walking uh in order to try and get to try and get in some position and Tiger hits the shot and you can just hear the crescendo of the roar and when that thing skirts by the cup and settles what a foot and a half away I mean the ground was literally shaking yeah 
And I just I said, mean, holy, you know what? He's he's about to do this. Yeah, it's the journalistic fallback, right? The shaking of the pine trees. I mean, I've written it too many times. I'm sure you have not, but uh, it, it really happens. I mean, you always fall oh, back. Yeah, like the ground, the ground literally shakes. Yes. I mean, it, it's absolutely amazing. But uh, before I move on, and we're going to take a quick look back at the PGA Championship, because it was a major, which is sort of surreal to say in 2020. Uh, but I do want to do a public service announcement. All 2020 tickets to the Masters will be guaranteed the same tickets for the 2021 Masters. So, you know, if you have a ticket, good for you. How about a, how about a media credential? I uh, can't say that. You and I are going to have to arm wrestle for whoever gets the media credential for the Masters. Deal? I got three months to start working out. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to look back to Harding Park. And again, apologies that we're getting around to this Wednesday. We are a little late on this. But you have written a tome, more tomes. And I can count on Colin Morikawa. Did you see this coming? And what is this young man's ceiling? Uh, I don't think anyone can see this coming so immediately. You know, I think I think anyone who watched him play in, in college golf thought that this is a potential uh, major champion for sure. I'm not sure that we thought that, you know, 15 months out of school, he'd be winning the PGA Championship. I'm not sure 15 months out of school, we think that he has a chance next week to ascend to, to world number one. I mean, no one has reached that pinnacle as quickly as, as Colin has, if, if he does get there, in fact, since Tiger. I mean, since Tiger in early 1997, no one has done it so quickly out of school. I think that's a testament to the maturity, the poise, the composure, uh, the the completeness of his game uh, coming out of college. He knew right away that he was ready to compete on the PGA Tour, and he showed that. He almost he almost won in his second or third start on the PGA Tour, ended up winning in his sixth start, and he's just had a steady progression. And, and to me, Rex, the, the telltale sign is the fact that he didn't, he went nearly a year without a missed cut on the PGA Tour. Think about that. And to me, that's impressive because he's seeing these golf courses for the very first time. He's it's impressive. There the was a quarantine pause time. in there. Don't, don't. You're, you're, you're padding results, aren't you? Wasn't there a quarantine pause in there when it comes to his almost a year not missing a cut? There was, but I mean, he still went through mid, mid-March without one. Very impressive, but you're, you're forgetting those three months when the world stopped spinning. Go on. I didn't I'm, not, mean to... I'm, not sure, I'm not sure he was going to be trunk slamming a whole bunch during, that, during the spring, if that's what you're uh, in, in, insinuating. Well, uh, he but... didn't play, I guess, is what I'm insinuating. That's, that's not what I'm insinuating. It's what I'm saying because no one was playing at that time. But... All right, if you want to go through the actual number of starts, he's on the same pace as what Tiger was. Uh, there's a lot of ways you can compare him to Tiger, and I, we've had this discussion before when you look at how – of all the young players, I think it's very, very clear that Morikawa is the complete young player. He is the one that doesn't really have any flaws. You can look at Matthew Wolf. You, you can look at Victor Hovland. It, but when it, what I was blown away by is we were, we've been so fascinated the last really three months talking about distance and what Bryson is doing and who's actually the longest and Tony Finau's longer and Camp Champ's longer. Colin Morikawa was 51st last week in the field in driving distance on a golf course that you probably should have tried to overpower. It didn't work for Bryson, and you look at all the other names on the leaderboard. Bryson. It almost worked for Bryson, but you look at all the other names on the leaderboard. It's all the names I just said. It's DJ. It's Jason Day. It's Bryson. It's Tony Fino. It's Matthew Wolf. It's Cam Champ. I mean, this was a golf course that was primed for the taking for a bomber, and here's this middle of the pack guy again, quote unquote, middle of the pack guy. Don't want to downplay this. He hits the ball plenty far enough, but he is not a bomber. That to me is eye opening. Yeah, I mean, he's still, I think, outside the top 100 in driving distance. He's not, he's not short by any stretch of the imagination. He's, he's averaging 295 off the tee. Uh, now, relative to today's tour, yes, that, that probably is average or, or just slightly below average. But I think, I, I think it's, 
I think it shows Rex that precision still matters in in today's game. There's a reason why Tiger until the pandemic was still competitive. And that's the fact that he's dialed back distance, but he's still the best iron player on the PGA tour. I think you can put Colin Morikawa in the top five of iron players already a preeminent ball striker on the PGA tour. The only question mark that we've had about him has been his short game and putting. And so what happens in, in Memphis, his, his caddy notices a little something different with his setup. He gets his head in a different position. He puts great. The last two rounds in Memphis comes to the PGA championship and he leads the field in putting. So now we know exactly what happens when everything comes together for Colin Morikawa's game, because he's a terrific iron player. He's going to put the ball in play. He's, He's not long, but he's just he's long enough. And if he gets the putter rolling, I mean, we're, we're looking at a sustained top five player in the world who's going to be a, a week, weekend, week out force. I mean, world number one seems right there in play. Obviously, it's just a numbers game at this point because of his defi- divisor, but multiple majors. I mean, are we comparing him three, four, five years from now to Brooks Kepka, to Roy McIlroy, to all these players who are at that four or five major mark? Sorry, I was just reading this Augusta thing. I, I saw what was happening there. I was going to wait for you to you, you come around. Uh, you got distracted there. I, 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 Augusta National just sent out another release, and this one's about press operations. So it, it was personal to, to lab. So he stopped in the middle of the podcast. Please, I saw it. I kept working because I try to be a professional. What does it say? Please, by all means. Just says over over the coming weeks we'll contact each news organization. <laughs> Doesn't even say anything. I'm gonna get uh, back to the po- all right. Let's get back to the podcast, and we wouldn't be doing a podcast properly if we didn't uh, criticize someone. So there was nine players who held the lead or a share of the lead on just what was a wild Sunday afternoon. Which one of those players disappointed you the most? Boy, I, that's a, that's a little harsh, isn't it? I mean, I thought the back I thought the back nine was was set up for for scoring. I thought Kerry Haig once again did a masterful job of of having opportunities for both, uh, you know, you're, you're going to have disaster at TPC Harding Park. It's just not that kind of golf course. You can, you can bogey to death, but you're really not going to make a huge number. Um, I thought, you know, Tony Finau, he, he could have birdied 16 and 18 and, and failed to do so. Bryson kind of stalled out after uh, having a putt on 16 to, to share the lead. Um, I, I'm not sure I was left disappointed. I think it was more the fact that, that, Colin Morikawa went out and won. If if anyone is disappointed, or I should be disappointed by the way they played on Sunday, it was Brooks Kepka. I mean, the way that he talked Saturday night, two shots off the lead, gunning for that historic three-peat, and then he throws up the second worst score of the day. To me, that was a that was a shocker, and I didn't see that one coming. And, and he's certainly going to be uh, eating some crow for the no, uh, foreseeable I, future. And, and I, I agree with that. I will make the argument on Brooks' behalf that up until two and a half weeks ago, we were like his name wasn't in our mouth when it came to this major championship because he simply wasn't playing well enough. Now something clicked on Saturday and Sunday after missing the cut at the 3M Open. Certainly he played great in Memphis. And for three days, it looked like, oh, wow, he's back at it. Like here's Major Brooks and he's doing it again. However, this kind of goes back to the idea that he clearly was not 100%, clearly not 100% healthy, clearly not 100% confident in his swing. So no, I, that's not it. It's got to be DJ. You take a one-stroke lead into the final round of a major championship and your name is Dustin Johnson and you look at everything that you, you're able to accomplish on a golf course, your skill set, what you're able to do, and you end up shooting a 68, which you can make the argument, and it's a fair argument, that he got beat and more was simply, simply beat him. DJ didn't lose it. But I think DJ walks away from this one very, very disappointed. There was no point 
during that final round where I thought DJ was going to win this thing. And the, and the reason I say wow. so is, is his distance control was terrible. He wasn't driving it in the fairway. And to me, he seemed just, he, he seemed shockingly indecisive on the greens. I mean, this is a guy who takes zero time to hit the golf ball and he's, he's consulting his, his greens book over and over again on, on what every little putt was doing. And, and TBC Harding parks greens were, were not, uh, crazy in in terms of the the slopes and the undulations they were they were incredibly flat it well it was subtle it was because they were so subtle i think is what made it difficult for him absolutely yeah but i mean he he really struggled and he he just he didn't look comfortable at all and and you look at his his record now he's he's oh for four with a 54 hole lead in a major no one has ever done that no one has ever blown their first four and so i I wrote in a takeaways article for uh, golfchannel.com this is this is a guy who's never going to win a major from in front he's gonna he's gonna come through he's gonna shoot 66 he's gonna wait in the clubhouse and someone's gonna have to gift it to him uh because there is zero chance that if he's in the lead heading into sunday that he's gonna put together another good round and do it i mean he, it would be historic it would be historic because no one has ever done what dj has done in terms of blowing four straight well, I think what you're doing here is more offensive than me saying I was disappointed in him. And I say that only in, in as much that you just didn't have any faith in him. Right? I, I did not have any faith. I mean, to, the way the way that he was playing, I had zero faith that he was going to get it together and and shoot a 66, which was what was what it was going to take uh, in the in the kind of shootout that was that was underway at TPC Harding Park. So if we're talking about throwing shade here, your shade is much worse than my shade, who I'm just disappointed because I thought being Dustin Johnson with a one-stroke lead, you'd have had a better chance. But speaking of throwing shade, and th- this was brilliant. So this was Saturday night. Brooks Kepka is one stroke back. You feel like, oh, he's, he has found it again. He's major Brooks. And he was asked about DJ and his, uh, and his chances, Brooks' chances to win. And he said, I like my chances. When I've been in this position, I've capitalized. I don't know. He's only one one. I'm playing good. And he goes on, and it gets worse. But – were you taken by that comment as much as everyone on property seemed to be taken by? Uh, I was taken by because my job is to write about Brooks Kepka and and to me this is this is interesting stuff. I think PJ Tour players, by and large, are very vanilla, and they don't say anything. Bro. I actually kind of liked it. And look, I'm not sure why people are surprised. the The tagline of his new advertising campaign is "You can't out troll a troll." I mean, this is a guy who who shoots, and he's occasionally going to misfire. But he's not going to stop shooting, and so I think I think a you have to respect it. He's never he's never backed down from it. He's never he's never ran from it. He hasn't claimed that he's misquoted. I mean, this is a guy who takes a shot and he owns it, and he'll he'll try and get revenge on any given Sunday. Well, and I think this is fascinating to me because Rory also had some comments, and I do want to get to those. Sort of being a little surprised, and it's it's interesting to me that he's surprised that. Why it's are you Brooks. surprised? Yeah. No, no, he's surprised that it's Brooks because they're boys and they're, they're buddies. They work out together. I mean, we've, we've made this connection between them since the beginning of time. However, no one is surprised when Brooks is always trolling Bryson DeChambeau. No one says any, no one's shocked when he does the ant comment to Ricky in Memphis. And he, we all kind of snicker at it because it's funny and now he's throwing shade. It, you're only surprised when it's his boy or someone that you, you would think he likes. That's the part that gets me. Like, uh, are you going to take a shot at Bryson? Yeah, we're fine with that. But just don't do it to DJ. I mean, they're cl- they're clearly not boys anymore. I mean, 
there was a there was a golf week article. Eamon Lynch, our buddy, he he did a Q and A with Brooks. He said that kind of that that media narrative was overblown, and it was just because they worked out together. They haven't done that for more than a year now. There's there was clearly some kind of falling out. There was that there was that reported altercation at the Ryder Cup when they were partners and teammates there. Uh, so so clearly they're not in the the best place that they were in say 2018. Uh, but but brutal honesty is is Brooks Kepka's hallmark now. He's He's taking shots at, at Bryson. He's taking shots at Rory himself last year, saying that he doesn't view him oh, yeah. as a rival and that, you know, since Brooks has been out on tour, Rory hasn't won a major. These are all true things. Bryson is slow. Bryson does shoot himself in the foot. Sergio Garcia did make a, a fool of himself in Saudi Arabia. Rory McIlroy hasn't won a major since 2014. DJ does have only one major championship. These are all true statements. No one is disputing that. And so and I'm, not sure why people, I'm not sure why people are getting so bent out of shape about it. This is what Brooks Kepka does. He owns it. He's not interested in being popular. He's not interested in making friends. And so you put a microphone in front of him. We, we demand, we want honesty out of the best players in the world. And when he until it makes us uncomfortable him, and then you have to fire back, but you're right. Yes. We, we, we love this until you're uncomfortable by it and you kind of cringe. Right. So this is what Rory said about it the next day. And we'll end it here because we do need to get to some tiger stuff and whether he Brooks was trying to play mind games or not, if he's trying to play mind games, he's trying to do it to the wrong person. <laughs> I just thought it was brilliant. Is Talking that a way of DJ. saying what's that? What's that saying about DJ? He's a lumpy uncluttered mind. Uh, uncluttered mind, I think, is the way I was going to go with it. No, <laughs> that's not? that's the way you'd say it. I mean, I've, yeah. I've I I I liked Roy's line about I wouldn't talk about a guy who's got twenty one uh, PJ Tour titles, which is three times as many as Brooks has. I like the math. Absolutely. No, I mean, how, I, many, I would, how, how did, how did Rory know off the top of his head, how many PJ tour wins that Brooks had? Oh, uh, he's a student. I mean, I, I'm not surprised by that. Rory's a student of the game, but it's, uh, I, we need to get out of here on some Tiger Woods stuff. Uh, and I got back to back text messages from you and I feel like you were sending mixed messages. One was Rex just hit a shank with his driver, which by the way, it was a very bad drive, but I don't think it was a shank. I didn't send that text messages. I, I, I told, I told so, that to you. Somehow it would, no, no, somehow it was cropped into the text message exchange that you and I had had. And the very next one was about my uh, Tiger Woods follow on Monday, which you seem to like and thought we should talk about. So I'm just curious, like you, you seem to want to slap me and then sort of help me up. I feel like an abused child here. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep your self-esteem up. It's at an all-time low. Uh, the idea of the follow on Monday, and, and I did like this, and look, the, the pandemic's inconvenient for all of us. Let's face it, no one's enjoying this process at all. We just talked about not having fans or playing one major championship in 13 months or whatever the case may be. It's just when it comes to Tiger Woods and at 44 years old, and we keep having to lean into them because we all know it's an old 44 years old. If this ends up being a lost year for reasons that really have nothing to do with him or his back or anything else, only because of COVID-19, it's going to be a painful lost year because you really have to start putting him on the clock and thinking he's talked about playing until he's 50 and into his fifties. I don't know how chance. realistic that. Yeah, I don't see how realistic that is. Now, that said, last week, cold conditions, wet, damp conditions, the back held up fine. That was very, very encouraging. Game, not so much. Certainly his putting did not hold up well. But I just think going forward, unless he finds a way to get into that biorhythm, which he's been so good at for the better part of over two decades, if, unless he can find a way to get back in that frame of mind going to, to the U.S. Open in September and the Masters in November, I just don't know how he does that. It's going to be a lost season. Yeah, I thought I thought three things heading into the pandemic. I thought three things were going to be true. One, 
that the TV product was going to be hurt by having no fans. That clearly hasn't happened. Two, I thought the break would uh, significantly help Jordan Spieth in the sense that he had tons of time to be able to work on his game. And three, I thought that A, limited schedule, and B, just having time off uh, to get his body in shape would have really benefited Tiger Woods. All three of those things have not come true. They have not come true at all because for the second straight tournament, Tiger was incredibly rusty. Uh, I, I would agree that I actually thought his, his body held up better than I was anticipating, and so did Jason Day's. Um, but it's until he, he ramps up his schedule and plays more than once every three or four weeks, it's hard to imagine him competing for any of these, these big trophies because he's, he's just not sharp enough. I mean, he, he went to the longer putter, which will take some of the uh, discomfort out of his back and allow him to practice a little bit more. There's, there's other issues with his game. I didn't think he drove the ball particularly well. His, his iron, his iron play wasn't even that good. I mean, he's still top twenty-five because he's Tiger Woods. But I still think the iron around, play around is, the green, he's not good. And I mean, his his putter, even if he is practicing more, he needs to practice even more because it it was terrible. It, it was, and again, this goes to the idea that his career is very much on the clock, more so than anyone else. I mean, you can even say that you know Phil. Well, Phil's got Phil's got for, obviously he, Phil's got far more number of years than than. Tiger does at this point simply based on history absolutely if you're just looking at medical history you would say that Phil at 50 years old is going to play and be competitive in more majors than Tiger Woods at 44 and I know Tiger Woods is coming off of a win last year at the Masters but the problem with this season is I just don't know if he was able to figure out a way that he has done scientifically in the past to make sure that he's peaking those four times a year simply because they're in such a different time frame and everything around them is different and he doesn't have any interest in adding to his schedule, which I certainly understand, but he has dug in and he talked about, look, this is the, what he wants to call the, the hard stretch, right? This was going to be the PGA championship. And then in theory, three straight playoff events. That's if he qualifies for the tour championship at this point, I'm not hundred percent sure he's going to play all three playoff events. Although if he doesn't, that pretty much does away with any chance of qualifying for Eastlake. And then I don't know what he does getting ready for a U.S. Open in September. What do you add to your schedule that you've never played before that's suddenly going to put you in the right frame of mind? Because clearly he talks about competitive reps and regular reps. Regular reps aren't getting it done. If the, if the What the product was on the field last week at Harding Park, if the product was what we saw at Memorial, if that's what home reps get you, that's not good enough. Yeah, look, he, 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 can't, he can't win a major this year with this limited schedule. It's just not going to happen. I think it's worth noting and, and remembering that when Tiger won the Masters in 2019, he played five tournaments before then. I mean, he was, he was gearing up for it. Now, that, that, heavy, that heavy workload uh, kind of impacted him and, and it took a toll on his body for the rest of the year. Um, but it, it paid off with one shining moment at Augusta National. It's in that it was worth it. Uh, to me... You're right. He's he's what like 50th or something in the FedEx Cup standing. So he's got he's got some work to do. He's probably going to need a top three finish in order to to ensure his spot uh, at East Lake. If you look at the schedule, if he plays Boston, he plays Chicago. Even if he doesn't crack the top 30, um, I'd I'd at least like to see two weeks worth of reps. You have two weeks worth of reps, then have two weeks off, and then head to Winfoot. I don't think he has a, a chance in hell Winfoot anyway. Uh, if we're, if we're just not the way he's honest. driving the ball. Yeah. Not the way he's if driving. We're, the if ball. we're, if we're just looking at it realistically, he has, he has zero chance to win a U.S. open. Uh, but you would, you would think at least he could be rounding into some form 
as we head into the fall and you know maybe play once or twice in October and then then you got the Masters the where? second week of April. Or I, I agree with you, but where? What, what's he going to add? Vegas? He going to go to Safeway? I mean, I, I just don't know what he adds in the fall. Well, they're they're supposed to be doing this Vegas or California stretch in and October. Well, the idea is we're not going to Asian a- swing. Yeah, we're not going to Asian. From what everyone is, the word on tour is the Zozo Championship will be played in L.A. It sure would. Yep, so there you go. That would that would get Tiger to go. Well, let's Perfect face it. spot I mean, for Tiger. Absolutely. And then the idea is the CJ Cup would be played somewhere around Vegas, in Vegas at Shadow Creek, which, again, there's yeah. a tie that he could possibly add to. Uh, it all fits. It all looks good on paper. I just have not seen any willingness on Tiger Woods' part to add to his schedule or be a little experimental at this state in his career. That's all. No, I, I totally agree with that. And I, and I wonder how much – how much more evidence he needs to to know until it's until it's concluded to him, and at least in his mind, this limited schedule doesn't work. That it's just it's just not going to produce results. I think it surprised everyone that he was able to take those three months off last fall, then head to Zozo in Japan, and, shocking, and, and just blow the top off the tournament. I mean, he was he was amazing. If you look at that, that's that's the outlier over this past decade. He could talk all he wants about oh, I'm used to taking long layoffs. This isn't the twenty five. To thirty-year-old Tiger, where he's coming off a, a bum knee and he shows up at Torrey Ponds and, and goes out and wins out of the gates. You know, this is that that guy's not walking through the door. He needs reps, not rest. And it's unclear how much how willing he is to be, to be able to put in the the work and the time and and most importantly put the extra miles on his body. All right, we had a lot to digest in this one, so we went a little long. I'm going to go ahead and wrap, but I'm just curious if Ray is even paying attention if he's going to hit the end button or the record button or whatever that button he has to hit when it comes time for us to be over because according to the group chat, Bruins just tied it up one-to-one. So he's clearly focused on what's important oh, this right is now. This is going to be a three-hour, 47-minute podcast when you, when you could have cut it off at like 45. So everyone just stop listening now. That'll do it for this edition of the God Central Podcast presented by TaylorMade, the all-new Sim Driver. We'll see you next week. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.